This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. When you're trying to make sense of something in college football, there is only one place to go. It is Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Paul Feinbaum, who usually joins us on Wednesdays, he is joining us today to try to lay out exactly what happened the other day and, and frankly, try to talk some sense into you people. That's, that's what it boils down to. So, Paul, <laughs> let's do that. Paul, simply, did they get this completely right? They did, but you would never know if you uh, flipped on television or read the blogs and, and talked about this national outrage, this, 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 this criminal activity that's going on with the CFP. Of course they got it right. I mean, you guys are college football fans. I mean, did you, did you watch the Alabama game uh, back-to-back with the with Florida State game? We, we weren't even talking about the same universe in terms of that. So uh, where, where they got it, where they really got it wrong is that, is that Georgia probably should have been the fourth team. But I'm, I'm not going to waste anybody's time on that argument today. All right, so let me ask a follow-up on that because there, there are great cases to be made for everything that took place. I get it. But to knock Florida State out for Alabama and make the case, got it. But then why is Florida State ranked ahead of Georgia? Like, are we, are we, what, what are we sure, doing here? It feels uh, like a half measure. Here's my theory, uh, and I think there's, there's something to this. I, I think Saturday night when those guys went to bed uh, out in Texas – I think they had Florida State 6th and Georgia 5th. And then when they woke up, and I'm not saying they pay attention to what's on ESPN, but let me assure you, they do. Uh, they started to backtrack and go, we can't. Uh, this, this committee who always talks about how all they do, they just watch the game. They don't pay attention to anything else. I think they said, let's slide Georgia down to number 6. That way we can frame this as a debate between Alabama and Florida State. We'll take some hits on it. But we also know that that Alabama, you know, Alabama's finished product was pretty impressive. I mean, it it makes absolutely no sense until you start hanging around a bunch of college administrators. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why Paul's the best, Joe, because he has gotten all of this completely right and agrees with me in every single way. It's because we get it. That's all there is to it. This bond that you and I are building, Paul, I I just can't get it. I, I literally, I was flipping around TV last night just trying to get away from sports. And, and guys, I went on uh, CNN, and a guy named Jim Acosta is the anchor, and he's interviewing Rachel Nichols, and he said, this is an outrage. He said, this has to be preferential. I mean, they, gave, they put Alabama in there uh, because they're Alabama, and this is all about ratings. And she said, oh, yeah, it's about making money. I mean, the money's already made, people. And beside <laughs> Alabama, I mean, I mean, how stupid can people be? Uh, this isn't about preferential anything. Uh, it, it's about the stupidity of how this process plays out every year. Unfortunately, next year we won't be ha- – well, yeah, next year we'll, we'll be having this debate. Uh, Iowa State won't get in at 8-4, and four and, uh, and, 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 so, and the president of Iowa State, Iowa State will say this is a travesty, just like the president at Florida State did, and the, and the, big, uh, the ACC commissioner says that this is unfathomable, and you guys already know this, but that's the same guy who stood with the Big Ten commissioner and the Pac-12 commissioner two years ago and said, well, we, we're not ready for this 12-team playoff. Well, guess what, ACC? Uh, you would have been in there, and besides – did anybody check to see where you know, Boo Corrigan, remember Boo? He's a, he's a guy out front. Anybody check and see where he's an AD? NC State, they're in the ACC. Complain to him. 
right, Paul, for the conspiracy theorists out there, it's Paul Feinbaum of the Paul Feinbaum Show, of course, with us, Carlin versus Joe. Uh, Evan Cohen threw this out there this morning. Stephen A. threw this out there today. What if Deion Sanders was the head coach of Florida State? Would they be in today? Yeah, of course they'd be in. You know the answer to that. You didn't have to ask me. Um, <laughs> because this is not about anything but, but group thing. And you put a bunch of people in a room, and that's the problem. I mean, I, I'm at fault, too. I mean, I literally gave my top four to ESPN Sunday morning and didn't have Georgia – at number four, at number five, and you know why? Because we all start, we all start trying to. Th- we we want to be, we want to sing kumbaya. So we go, oh, screw Georgia. No, they're not. They're not one of the five best teams in the country. Uh, I mean, that's how. But but Dion would have would have would have translated to so many different things. He's a trans. He's a transformational figure. And by the way, you're right. Florida State could have had Dion Sanders a couple of years ago, but. They opted for Mike Norvell, who turned out to be a good coach, but they're sitting home today. Uh, or, excuse me, they're going to the Orange Bowl. I, I remember the Orange Bowl used to be a, a big-time reward at the end of the season. Now they said, wait, we're not going. And now you've got, you, have, uh, you have state legislators in Florida, who, uh, including a former Florida State player. I don't know if you saw Corey Simon, great player at Florida State. Sure. Uh, he's talking about how the, you know, the system's corrupt. Hey, Corey, <laughs> I covered you when, you when you played down there uh, for Bobby Bowden. Talk about corrupt. Take a look around that locker room. Ask all your buddies what they were getting. (laughs) All right, Paul. So that's everything that happened over the weekend. Now we start the process of looking ahead. Michigan gets Alabama. Texas gets Washington. Michigan, a small favorite here. They opened around two, two and a half. It's been bet down. It's been early Bama money. I'm sure by now you've seen the reaction that the Wolverines had when they were watching the broadcast and found out they weren't getting Florida State. They were getting Alabama. What'd you make of that? I, it was comical, uh, and, and you're right. Uh, we haven't, we barely had time to scratch the surface on, on the biggest story in college football this year, and that's Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. They, they got screwed, and you know what? I, I, I'm happy about it um, because <laughs> I, I, we really forgot that Jim Harbaugh probably shouldn't even be coaching right now. Uh, we, we forgot that, that maybe Michigan uh, is, 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 is on the edge of, of being outlawed. Uh, because we just get so hung up in whatever the late, the latest travesty is, uh, but I think that story is going to is going to come back because you really this is good versus evil, guys. Uh, I mean, this is Nick Saban in Alabama uh, versus versus Darth Vader. <laughs> With that in mind, um, Paul, did you see the reaction, and what did you make of the reaction when Michigan found out they were going to be playing Alabama? I just remembered. I didn't answer your question five minutes ago. Um, they, uh, <laughs> Welcome to they the show. We do it all the time. Uh, I mean, I mean, th- this is how you this is how you know that the committee got it right. Had they announced Michigan versus Florida State, those Michigan players would have been jumping up and down. They would have been celebrating. Instead, they go, "Oh my goodness, we have to play Alabama, the team that just beat Georgia." That is, that's a, that's a great observation. Uh, by you there, and, and, and it's 100% correct uh, that Michigan felt, Michigan felt like as the number one seed, we, we should have gotten a TCU. Well, that, excuse me, they got a TCU last year and lost. Let me find a better example. <laughs> 
Texas and Washington meeting in the other semifinal. Texas a small favorite in that one. I mean, Washington, it's funny, going into the Pac-12 championship, I think so many people, myself included, just thought it was a foregone conclusion. Oregon was going to go win this thing. And then it turns out that Washington springs the upset and then casually slides into the two spot. And they end up drawing Texas in a very intriguing matchup there. Michael Penix and the Huskies, you give them a good chance to pull this one off? Uh, right now, I lean toward Texas, but this game is so weird because this game shouldn't have happened. Uh, I mean, we were so expecting Washington to uh, and, and Florida State to be the sacrificial lambs of, of Michigan and, and obviously Georgia. Uh, so, I mean, I, I really haven't quite wrapped my arms around. I think it will be an excellent game. Of course, it will start about nine fifteen on New Year's night. So, if you want to catch it, catch the end of it, you might want to get some rest the day before. Uh, Paul, last one. Are you going to miss this next year when you're arguing about Liberty getting the final spot? Well, as one of my friends said today, Liberty got screwed. I mean, they're a, they're an undefeated uh, conference champion, aren't they? Isn't that the argument we've heard? And by the way, I've lived through this before, not to go back in time, but in 2004, guys, I covered Auburn University. They were undefeated, the SEC champions, and they didn't get to go because back then – we had the BCS, and, and that's why this system was created. When it was created, it was doomed from the beginning because there, there's five uh, power five conferences, obviously, and there's only four spots. So somebody had to lose, and my, oh, my, am I sorry it was Florida State. Uh, I mean, that's I mean, such an outstanding university. They always stand for the right things. And, you know, what, what was it, four months ago, guys, that the, the president and athletic director of Florida State were standing, were, were having that food fight at the Board of Trust with these meetings saying, we want out of the ACC. It's not good enough. The ACC did them in. If Clemson had been a 10-2 team, uh, if, if North Carolina had not uh, blown a bunch of games at the end, they would have had some more quality wins. And ultimately, LSU of the SEC, by the way, probably hurt them the most because that was their high-marquee, high-value game at the beginning of the season, and LSU ended up being the fifth-best team in the SEC. He lays it out. He is the voice of reason. He is Paul Feinbaum of the Paul Feinbaum Show. We appreciate it, Paul. Thank you. I'm going into analysis trying to get through the, the, the travesty and tragedy of FSU not getting in. I'll see you guys later. Thanks so much. Good luck sleeping tonight, Paul. I don't know. We're all going to lose some. No question. I, I just love the way the, the sarcasm is so amazing. It's the way it just comes through. I love talking to him. I look forward to that discussion every, every single week. I love that guy. Love it, him. I totally agree. It's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. He was brought to you by Bear. Bear is awesome. Let me tell you why. This Saturday, let the Home Depot help you get the projects done right with Bear Premium Plus interior paint joseph expanding the playoff it's great for teams like florida state but is it actually good for college football we answered that question in moments carlin versus joe on espn radio and the espn this is the carlin versus joe podcast on espn radio Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle 
and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. Unbeaten Florida State and two-time national champ Georgia are fifth and sixth. Committee got it right. You had to put Alabama in. You could not leave an SEC team out. I'm sorry. You cannot take Alabama out of this. They have to be in. Sorry. Sorry. This is, you know, what's the words I'm looking for? Real life. And not everything goes your way. Yes, you do all the right things sometimes. And then you get hosed in the end. It happens to everybody. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. And, yes, there is part of me that feels bad for those kids from Florida State who did everything that they did this year, and then their quarterback got hurt, and now they are out of the college football playoff for it. It shouldn't be part of you. It should be all of you. It's not all of me. You can agree with the decision and feel bad for them. It is an awful beat. This is an all-time beat. I, I, yeah, I understand that, but part of me feels like, you know what? We, there's a nice way to learn. It doesn't always go your way, no matter what. It's, it, and I don't mean to be flippant about that, but I think we all have that in our lives at some point. I much rather would have gotten mine at a much younger age, like these guys are, than maybe I got later on. But th- this is just what it is, Joe. And ultimately here... For college football, we just wanted the best games, and we are going to get the best games. I would make the argument that Florida State is not better than Georgia. I think exactly what happened is what Paul talked about a few minutes ago, those two teams getting flip-flopped overnight so at least the committee could look like Florida State was in consideration. But having said all of this now, I'm curious as to your take about next season when we go to 12 teams is this actually good for the sport or not yeah i think so i'm i'm i'll miss this i'll miss this chaos but it's similar to how i missed the chaos back in the day when we only had two teams that were fighting for the national championship and number 3 would be left out and we'd be up in arms i still remember penn state in the early 90s going undefeated smashing oregon in the rose bowl and Didn't even have the opportunity to play against Nebraska. Nebraska just won the championship because back then the Big Ten couldn't be a part of a non-Rose Bowl bowl game. Like if you were that good, if you won the Big Ten, if you were the best team in the Big Ten, you were going to the Rose Bowl. There was no way around it. So we've been through a 
a wild evolution of the sport, and it's continued to get better, in my opinion. You know, back in the day, we did it one way. You know, you could have only two undefeated teams. They wouldn't even play each other at the end. Then we had a system where we did have those two play. Then we expanded to four, and now we're going to 12, and the playoffs going to be awesome. Will I miss this drama? Absolutely. This is fantastic drama. High drama. I was watching this rather than the start of the 1 o'clock NFL games. Like, I wow. continued on this coverage because, quite frankly, I didn't really need to see Jets-Falcons, I don't think. I don't Nobody really need could. to see what's going on with Detroit and New Orleans necessarily right away. So I'm going to miss it for sure. And we're not going to have this same level of drama. There'll be drama, but it's kind of like with March Madness, right? Like, oh, you know, team number 75 got left out. Uh, big deal, right? Big deal. That team wasn't winning it anyway. Look, I'm all for the drama, but there's still going to be plenty of it next year. Because every year on Selection Sunday... We are complaining about who didn't get in and who deserved to be in and who uh, did get in and how is this the 64 best teams and what's the committee doing? It's the exact same thing. It's just four teams instead of 64 or 68, and next year it'll be 12. So I don't know that we'll all be screaming with the outrage that we've seen this year with Florida State that we'll be screaming over, you know, Arizona not making it at 9-3 and three next season to the number 12 spot, uh, you know, and how, oh my God, we've got, we have to put in the top group of five school, uh, no matter what. I, I, I do think it'll be better though, Joe, because of what you were talking about earlier. The idea of having the team get on a run and have an upset. The idea of having a 10 seed or an 11 seed that you wouldn't expect to go and win some of these games have a chance to go on a little bit of run in the college football playoff. Like, frankly, we see a lot more now in college basketball. And, and why do we see it in college basketball? Because the, the playing field has been somewhat leveled. College football, they're all power five teams, uh, the transfer portal, all that stuff. I think there's a slight chance that the field will be a little bit more level when we're talking about 12 teams as opposed to just four. Yeah, if you're going to waste your time complaining about the 13th team and the 12th team, like that's going to be on you. It's the same thing with the knuckleheads that complain on Selection Sunday. I, I never understand that. It's 64 plus how many others getting in with those uh, early week games, right? Isn't it 68 that make it now or whatever we do? Like if you're left out, too bad. There's plenty of opportunity to get in. I, all the complaining about some of these teams that miss out on that is just shocking to me. And that's what it'll be with this. You're not going to be able to complain. All right. 12 is plenty. 12 answers everything. It gets your conference champions in. It gets your teams like Florida State who have a great case but mm, lost a player. They can get in. And most importantly, it gets the smaller schools in, right? Like that was always my biggest complaint is that Boise State could go undefeated, smoke everybody, and never have an opportunity to play for the national championship. It just doesn't make sense to me that you can participate in a sport, win every single game, and not at any point have a chance of winning the championship. What kind of system is that? That is a flawed, broken system. You should never win every game and have zero chance of being a champion. Now we've solved that. And with 12, it's going to be high drama with the games rather than with the nonsense leading up to it and who got left in, who got left out. I, I don't, I'm not going to care as much next year for that. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Good Hands Moment of the Week presented by Allstate. With insurance from Allstate, you'll be game day ready every day. Visit Allstate.com or call a local agent today to learn more. Allstate, you're in good hands. It belongs to Greeny, who said the following 
earlier today. 13 people making the subjective, not objective decision that they aren't as good anymore left them out of it. You know what happened yesterday? Football became figure skating. Figure skating is something that judges decide because there is no objective way to decide if you or you were the better figure skater. But there is an, an, an objective way to judge football teams based on what they did. Yeah, it's called the National Football League, Greeny. That's why this is completely silly on his part, okay? If that's the case, let's just make it the NFL, and let's go through and have 900,000 tiebreakers as to who makes the playoffs and who doesn't. You know, that to me is silly in this case because debate is good for the sport, and this leads to more debate. This leads to more attention. Yeah, people are screaming and yelling about it today. Is that a bad thing for college football? It's an amazing thing for college football. Amazing. To call it figure skating, no, we're talking about a team that's lost its best player to be judged as not as good anymore. Uh, in other news, a doy, of course that's the case. I don't get it, Joe. No, I mean, I agree with Greeny. I, I do. And I, I was the guy who I made the case against Florida State as loud as anybody last week. Talked to the bookmakers, got the point spreads, was banging the drum on social media. I was celebrating yesterday with all these bets I won thanks to them being out and Texas being in. And the more I sit and think about it, I just think it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal that this team did everything they were supposed to do. They won every single game. They scheduled tough opponents out of conference, something Michigan would never even consider doing. They went out, they beat everyone, but because a guy got hurt, we suddenly judged them to be inferior. Yeah, yeah, they are inferior. So give them the opportunity to go get blown out. Prove it right. Let them go out on their shield rather than take the shield away from them. And by the way, this little, what is this BS where you're going to keep them out, but you're going to rank them ahead of Georgia? So if I'm to be be clear on this, it's they're not optics. good enough to beat Alabama. Okay, Alabama's the better team. They're in at four. But they are now, with their backup quarterback situation, good enough to get past Georgia. Okay, makes plenty of sense. Thanks for laying that out, committee. Well, I think that that's as egregious as anything they did. Was 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 the little slap in the face for the TV with the, the other day with the, oh, it's coming down to these two. It was never coming down to Florida State. They shouldn't be five if they're not four. Yeah, listen, I think it's optics. I think that's why they did it. And you may think that there's nothing to come out of the Orange Bowl with these two going up against each other, but it's exactly what we expected it to be. Two touchdown underdog. I, I would have made the argument that Georgia was a better team, that Georgia and Alabama should have both been in with Michigan and Washington and leave Texas out. I would have made that argument. How about leave Washington this I out? understand a little more. What makes Washington so great? Why are they there? They barely beat Stanford. They barely beat uh, Arizona State. They, they, they had razor-thin wins in those situations. Their defense stinks. What makes them so great? They beat Oregon twice. What makes Oregon great? I, I, they beat nobody. Oregon didn't beat anybody this year. Turns out the Pac-12 wasn't all that great. USC stinks. Utah lost a bunch of games. What makes Oregon so good? They played two big games. They lost them both. So they, so Oregon's now terrible. That's what we're saying. When we're going to put them on, when well, they're now, ranked in the top five or six hey, all year long, they're terrible. Everything's on the table now. You go undefeated, win yeah. the ACC, beat LSU, beat Florida. You do all that, and you're not good enough. Let's question everybody. I think we Look, can absolutely question Washington. Hey, Let's question Oregon. You want to scream about Michigan's out-of-conference schedule? 
I get that completely. They also have to play Ohio State, Penn State every single year, too. And I'm not defending. Penn State me. doesn't count. I went to Penn State, and I'll be the first <laughs> to tell you that game doesn't count. I understand. but uh, listen, That game counts for Michigan, everybody who's not Michigan or Ohio State. I won't disagree with you on that. Michigan does not play anybody at a conference. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Joseph, we should really stop crediting players and coaches we've already written off. I don't even know what that sentence means. I just read it off the screen. (laughs) So apparently we're going to explain that, and I can't wait for the explanation next. It's coming up after Joe has this from Vivid Seats. The old Ron Burgundy moment. Put it on the prompter, and Burgundy's going to read it. Yeah. All right. So we are doing, what are we going with here, Vivid? That's right. Okay, let me scroll down. Here we go. Now I am locked and loaded. Bowl season, basketball, hockey, pro football. All in action. Vivid Seats has it all for you and your ticket gifting needs this holiday season. By the way, great holiday gift idea going with Vivid Seats. See every one-timer, every touchdown, every slam dunk live. And in person, great deals on great seats. Now, get this. Vivid Seats rewards. You earn rewards with every purchase. They're here for us, the fans. They offer these unbeatable rewards like surprise seat upgrades, free tickets, annual birthday discounts, and more. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Enough is enough! I have had it with these takes on this plane! Everybody strap in! This plane is headed down the runway and ready for the NFL takeoff. Yes, it is. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. It is every Monday. It is every game that we take you through. Part one. Texans 22, Broncos 17. Hey, credit the Texans. They're getting it done. And I'll tell you, Joe, uh, that could not have been easy, especially when they lose Tank Dell. Uh, In case you miss a guy who's got seven touchdowns this year, fractured his fibula. He's done for the year, but C.J. Stroud... 274 and a touchdown in the game. This is it's even a little bit better of a team defensively than maybe we need to give it than maybe we've given it credit for. Winning the gritty ones, Texans games every week are becoming must watch television. Close games coming down to the wire, being decided by one or two key plays, and Stroud and D'Amico Ryans continue to get it done. Uh 
not overly fond of the officiating in this one. I did have Denver plus a three and a half. We had them in the pick as well. Um, I, it feels like the officials tried to let them back in that game. And that's me going against my own bet there. But wasn't fun with some of the stuff with the fumble and everything else that was taking place in the second half of that game. And then Russ threw three interceptions. Yeah. Hence the tease we were explaining. And they all came in a half. That hasn't happened since 2016. Hey, remember Daryl Stingley Jr.? Derek Stingley Jr.? Derek Stingley Jr. was taking one pick ahead of Sauce Gardner in 2022, and you hadn't heard from him since because of injuries. Two picks in the game. Yeah, he can Two play. Picks in the game. He can play when he's healthy. It's a shame you mentioned Tank Dell. That's a big blow to this offense. Real yeah. big blow to this offense because that kid really broke out this season. Lions 33. Saints 28. Uh, for those of us who had uh, rooting interest in the over, we were feeling pretty good from the get-go on this one. And uh, they delivered without much of a problem. The Lions are 9-3. and three. It is their best start since 1962. I'm not a math guy, but that's somewhere around 60 years, Joe. How about the fans in New Orleans and how much they hate Derek Carr. Oh my if God. you're watching the beginning of that game, they go into a 21-0 hole. The fans in New Orleans made it a point that every time Taysom Hill subbed in, they started cheering, and then when Carr would come back into the game, they would start booing. Speaking of Carr, head coach Dennis Allen just announced a few moments ago that Carr is in the concussion protocol based on what happened in that game. That is an awful contract for the Saints. They are going to yeah. want to get out from that as quickly as possible because D C looks like a guy who just flat out can't play anymore. There's a big red flag here, though, with the Lions. And, and that red flag is the fact that they are giving up points uh, like they are candy. I mean, yeah. it, 29 points a game over the last six games. Joe, that is not sustainable for a team that has exceptionally high hopes this year. No, they're not ready for prime time yet. They're getting better. They, they're turning the corner. They continue to improve, and they should be proud of what they've done, but they are not ready for prime time with that defense. Falcons 13, Jets 8. By definition, this was an NFL game. Like, they're they're both teams that are members of the league. So, thus it's part of the NFL takeoff. Joe, thoughts, comments? It's Falcons games are awful. Oh. Is that the game we're talking about right now? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought, because I'm, I'm looking down. I'm, I'm There's like four zoned different out. games. You lost yeah, interest. Well, like I a, said, like a Falcons Jets, it's like ooh. it's like an immediate reaction to put you into a, a brain fog when you hear that, that. That early wave of games was a tough one yesterday. It was. Um, I, I don't think I've ever seen a team play so many one-score games, and all of them are just terrible. Like every single Falcon game is like a one-score game, and they're just all brutal. For the Jets, we're used to it. Eight points on offense. I mean, was anyone surprised that this game started 2-0? No. Like that's I, that would have been minus 500 to project that. Everyone I was knew hoping, that was how it's going to start. I was hoping it was going to end 2 nothing. Oh, that would have been great. And first of all, I'm sure that would have been a scoregami. I don't and know. I, Has the game ever ended that? I don't know. I, I would think that it was. It would, no way. It would not be a scoregami. Uh, Hanneman and I looked this wow. up because we were both in studio yesterday during that game. It would not have been a scoregami. Wow. I got, Do we know I, what I, the I other one it, was? 1943, Giants-Lions. Wow. Actually, no, there's five games. Five games in NFL five history. Five 2 nothing games? score of 2 nothing. Wow. I wow. called a 2 nothing game, the classic uh, Hobart University of Rochester in the pouring rain back in 93. Who could forget that? 93 at Hobart, huh, in the pouring yeah. rain? Oh, yeah. yeah. I had the over. It, it was at U of R. 
You know how they scored the safety? Quarterback pitched the ball out wide on a sweep from his two-yard line, oh, and he missed the running back by about three feet. It rolled out of the back of the end zone. <laughs> Hell of that a day. It. Hell of a day to be alive. Oh, my God. Made me want to quit football altogether. Charger 6, <laughs> Patriot 0. Speaking of which. which. <laughs> Both saw that one coming. I don't I know. What nothing. do you do with this? I got nothing here. I got nothing here. I mean, yeah. every time we think it can't get worse for the Patriots, it's getting worse. I mean, the, the Chargers are just out here killing draft position with that. Uh, Evan, what do you got? Yeah, the Chargers won 6 nothing and covered the 5.5-point spread. Amazing. Well, I guess that's something. I don't think that's ever been done before. <laughs> if you're talking about Bet Agami, I don't that, think a team <laughs> laying five and a half has ever scored six and covered. <laughs> Bet Agami. I love that's it. Just, oh, my God. Dolphins 45, Commanders 15. Uh, dumb job by me. Terrible job by me. Bet the under on this game. 49, really? Yeah, 49. I thought, oh, maybe, you know, it's. Not the best conditions. Maybe this will slow him down now. No. No. Might want to cover Tyreek Hill there, Washington. He was yeah. running free apparently the entire game. That was he, nothing. I mean, Tyreek Hill just absolutely blew the doors off of them in the game. Rex this morning called Riverboat Ron Tugboat Ron because of that. Because they did not guard him whatsoever and naturally what do you know he's catching bombs all over the place for touchdowns and the dolphins continue to beat teams that they are that are far inferior to them dolphins now the number one seed in the afc what do we think are we warming up to the idea of them winning the conference they got some measuring stick games coming up they have buffalo again and they do have baltimore in a game that will be very interesting all right let me ask you this question let me ask you this question at either place right now, would the Dolphins beat the Chiefs? I think they could beat them in Miami. But can, yeah. can the Dolphins beat them in Kansas City? Uh, I, can they? Yes. Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not taking I anything off too. the table. I think, I think my, they Miami, could too. Yeah, I'm not taking anything off the table for them. So right now, to the point, I'm leaning toward, yeah, I'm warming to the idea. You have to. Listen, just because something hasn't happened doesn't mean it can't happen. For years, oh, there's no way a 16 can beat a one, and, and, and then it happened, and then it happened again. And then remember the next year, no one wanted to pick Virginia to win the title, and then they went and won the title. Just remember that. Just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it can't happen. Miami hasn't beaten a good team yet. But when they do, the narrative on them is going to change. It's a life lesson for everybody. From Mr. Irrelevant to the most relevant player in the entire NFL. The one Brock Purdy stat that is going to shock you. Maybe even awe you as well. That's after Joe has this from our friends over at Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and the experience to answer all of your toughest questions. Keep in mind that their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people even safer. Call, clickranger.com, or just stop by. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. I do think that San Francisco is going to win this game. I think Philly has been kind of trending for a loss. This feels like the one. Broken tackle by Debo Samuel. Runs for a first down 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! 
Francisco! What an absolute beast, Debo Samuel. One game at a time, not getting caught up in the future and where we're going to play in the playoffs and all that stuff. Just one week at a time, that's where we're at. It is unfathomable to me that after that game, we have a new odds-on leader for the MVP in the National Football League. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, on the ESPN app, on your smart speaker. If you haven't already, why are you not following us both on social media, at Jay Fortenbaugh on Instagram, at that guy Carlin. You can't get enough of the pictures and the content. You want to see more of us. Uh, Joseph, you're you're somewhat experienced in the uh, gambling community. Uh, I like to dabble. Hmm? I like to dabble. Okay. Explain to me how after yesterday, Brock Purdy went from 18 to 1 to 3 to 1 for the NFL MVP and is now the leader for that award. Ah, man, this one, this one got me a little bit. This one got me a little bit. You knew the adjustment was coming because he was sitting around 18 to one. I didn't think it was going to be this dramatic. All right. So it's a quarterback, which I believe 15 of the last 16 to win this award have been a quarterback. So Mm -hmm. that box is checked on a team that wins a lot of games. That's checked. uh, Just beating the best team in the NFL in terms of record. So there's a little recency bias in there. And I think this is the key component. There's no other player that has made that great of a case for the award. Like we've had years where Mahomes is by far and away just destroying the field. But like Rodgers is right there with great stats, right? Like just great candidates with nothing you can knock. And this year you can knock all of them. All right, let's start with the guy who's number two, Dak Prescott. He has been phenomenal statistically, but we've seen him in two big games and he lost both of them. Jalen Hurts, plus 350. He's on a team with the best record, but the thing is he turns the ball over a lot. Patrick Mahomes, 6-1. to one. Mm, Not the best team in the AFC. Stats are down this year. Lamar Jackson, 7-1. to one. He's had some real duds this season. Tua Tungavailoa, 9-1. Same problem as Prescott. Doesn't win the big games, at least not to this point. And then you start to get the guys like Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey who, are, who aren't quarterbacks. So Purdy right now is putting up big numbers on a great football team that just had a monster win. Does he deserve MVP? That's a different story. But as to why he's the favorite, that would be the best explanation I can offer you. But we're sitting here last week talking about this. And because of everything you just laid out, the player that was going to benefit the most from there not being the strongest field for MVP this year. And I thought it was going to be Dak Prescott. This is ridiculous. I mean, this is not an adjustment. This is taking a crowbar to the whole thing. That's the thing that got me. That's the thing that got me. I didn't think it would be this dramatic to put him as the favorite when so often people are making the case, it's not really him, it's McCaffrey. It's Shanahan, it's the defense. It's like now all of a sudden he's the favorite? I mean, Joe, look back, and I understand the injuries, okay? But look back at the three games that he had in the middle of the season. We can say that all kinds of candidates for MVP go through a bad game or two, not three in a row. Not not three in a row. And uh, he's playing at a very high level. I can't sit here and tell you that he's the MVP of the league right now. I would actually much 
be much better served making the argument for Dak over Brock Purdy. Because I think Dak has played at a high enough level and has done everything his team has needed him to do. Not that Brock hasn't, but three games, he was bad, they lost. Yes, they weren't completely healthy. But those things were not independent of each other. I just, here's the thing. If, if we don't give you the name, right? If I just give you the stats and I tell you, all right, I got a guy. I want you to tell me what you think his chances are of winning MVP. He plays quarterback. His team is one of the best in the NFL. He ranks number one in quarterback rating. He ranks number one in completion percentage at over 70%. He ranks number seven in passing yards. He ranks number four in touchdowns. In terms of interceptions, he's only thrown six this year, 23 touchdowns and six interceptions. And again, his team wins a ton of games. What would you think? And you'd be sitting there going, uh, yeah, absolutely. And then you say Brock Purdy and everyone goes, Ugh. see, here's the thing. Like if I just said Joe Burrow, you'd be like, hell yeah, Joe Burrow. That makes plenty of sense. If I said Mahomes, you'd say, hell yeah. If I said Jalen Hurts, you'd say, hell yeah. But when I say Purdy, for some reason, we just don't give him the same credit. We, we, we put the credit on everybody else from coaching to McCaffrey to the receivers to the defense. And in every other situation, we always put all the praise and all the blame on the quarterback. Why is this so different? Well, because when I'm comparing him to the guy that I would vote for right now and Dak, compare, I mean, the numbers are identical across the board. I mean, quite literally. Same quarterback rating, QBR. Uh, he's got three more touchdown passes. He only thing that's different is Dak has thrown more passes, and I would argue that he has done it with less talent than Brock Purdy has done it with. You know, he doesn't have George Kittle. He doesn't have Ayuk. He's got C.D. Lamb. He's got Brandon Cooks. But outside of C.D. Lamb, is there anybody that you look at like you'd look at with Debo and Ayuk and those guys? No, but he still has. It's not like he's Donovan McNabb with Todd Hicks McCaffrey and Freddie Mitchell. Either. But he doesn't have McCaffrey back there either. No, he doesn't. But, I mean, it's still a pretty solid unit there. I, and I'm not trying to knock okay. back on this. It's, it's a pretty, he's got a pretty okay. good let, arsenal let, around Let him. me go back to this then, okay? I am what you would call a most valuable player purist. Meaning that I want to vote for the guy that is most valuable to his team's success. Not the most outstanding player, the guy that is most valuable to his team's success. If I'm asking you that question right now, who is most valuable to his team's success? Is it Dak or is it Brock Purdy? Between those two? Or anybody else. Okay, I mean, to answer your question. If you want to throw Tyreek into that, you can. I could see that. Well, I mean, I'd say I'd start and I'd end with Mahomes. I, I, I'm always going to say Mahomes because uh-huh. you pull Mahomes off the Chiefs and that team's losing every single game. They're not uh-huh. doing anything without uh-huh. him. Um, I would say to your question, I think the Niners would have a better chance of succeeding without Purdy than the Cowboys would have a chance of succeeding without Dak. But you know what stings with that? We saw Dak go down last year and they won a bunch of games. What was it? Cooper Rush? Yeah. We saw that last year, a different year. So with that, that speaks to the volume of how difficult your question is. And I've seen backup step in for Purdy. I mean, Shanahan gets a lot out of his guys, but I've also seen Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard struggle mightily in this system. Mm-hmm. I mean, this kid's playing better than Garoppolo ever did, and Garoppolo was a seasoned veteran. Uh, I, this is not about Brock Purdy not playing well. He's playing exceptionally well. It's a crazy year uh, for this award. But just to go from, from 18 to 3 in one game, I mean – that makes me think that next Monday, Dak beats the Eagles, plays exceptionally well. 
he's gonna his numbers are gonna shoot up. That's Am how I you should wrong? be thinking. Yeah, always I mean, think. He, if this is, happens, is, is Dak gonna, gonna go to minus one? Is Dak gonna go to minus one twenty next week? <laughs> Oof, I don't know about that, but that you know what something. I mean. I know what I, you mean, though. But that that would be something. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.